Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, Jay Posner. I cover the Padres. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. We've got an interview with Jacob Nix that I did in the dugout. I think this sounds okay, Jay. Um, Jacob is, is, is a really good guy, a smart guy. Uh, went six scoreless innings in his debut. And Jacob Nix, as we record this on Thursday, will pitch the opener against Zach Godley and the Diamondbacks. Um, so I'm excited, Jay. What, what, what have you got for me about the first place Diamondbacks? I'm, I'm excited about tonight uh, as well. A, a rare, I will be making a rare Thursday appearance out there in, in part because of Jacob Nix um, and in, in part because my wife wanted the Trevor Hoffman giveaway tonight. So uh, uh, we'll be out there and, 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 and looking forward to seeing Knicks uh, facing an Arizona team that, is, that has dominated the Padres so far this year. Seven out of ten, uh, 60 to 34 in terms of runs, although that was skewed a little bit by that 20 to five, uh, 20 to five game. But uh, Arizona, I was, I was a little surprised to see this because I, I can't say I follow them terribly closely. They're only 19 and 21 in their last 40. Uh, but they've but they've only lost two games off their lead in the NL West yeah. during that time. They, they still lead the Rockies and the Dodgers by a game and a half. Of course, the Dodger bullpen has had a lot to do with that. Uh, and the la- and Arizona was just here three weeks ago and swept the Padres. So uh, they I saw a couple numbers. They they have a two seven eight ERA against the Padres and a hundred and nine strikeouts in those ten games. Uh, by their pitching staff against the Padres, but Arizona very good offense. I mean, not great offensively. Great, uh, some great offensive players, but their overall numbers are nothing special. It's always fun to watch Paul Goldschmidt uh, hit the ball, and uh, their their rotation's been good. Their bullpen, I, I think, like one of their worst relievers is their closer. Um, but uh, they've been they've been good. Second best ERA in the National yeah. League. Yeah. And yeah. the Padres obviously facing a challenge against a team that they haven't done that well against. And and I would advise, I mean, you never know what's going to happen in baseball, as we have found out. But I would advise the Padres to get something done before Sunday when we have the matchup of Zach Greinke and Brett Kennedy. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm trying to determine just how big a favorite Arizona will be in that game. But before that, we have Buck Holtz and Knicks. Tonight and we have. Oh, is it uh, Buckholz tonight? Godley's tomorrow. Yeah, Buckholz tonight. Couple, okay. Uh, no, Buckle or Godley, according to what I'm looking at here, might not be till Saturday. I'm looking at something that says oh, okay. uh, two lefties tomorrow: Robbie Ray and Joey Lucchese. Okay. Godley and Richard on Saturday, and then Grinky and Kennedy. Okay. And the, well, all four of them have been pitching well lately. They have, and the and uh, the Padres will miss uh, Patrick Corbin, uh, who just pitched last night, and the Padres. Well, last time we talked, the Padres were on a little bit of a roll, uh, and then the Angels came to town with no Mike Trout, basically no Shohei Otani, just pinch hit uh, for three nights, and the Angels swept the Padres. Padres back below the magic 400 uh, percentage. Two of the, I, I will say, though, I know you weren't there on Monday uh, taking a, a rare but well-deserved day off. Uh, Monday's game was a very, very good game until the very end, that I guess it was the 10th, when Hunter Renfro and Manuel Margot couldn't decide who was going to catch a fly ball, and it ended up costing them the, uh, the game. And last night was, uh, I saw some of last night was pretty good as well, the Spangenberg home run 
to tie it was except up. this and and not to you know i mean when you're talking about the the padres who are below 400 as you just mentioned you have to kind of uh you know parse between uh types of losses and that monday <laughs> loss okay look that's pathetic but it happened the last two not great games you know what the potters kind of fooled us last night they had chances Corey spangenberg gets the seventh in, uh, inning home run i'm telling you what andy green was as mad as i've seen him after the game as disgusted and frustrated as i've seen him i he saw a, cl- I saw a clip short i saw a clip yeah. of that um on the post game show and he had a quote about something about you're just not going to win games when you're swinging at balls and taking strikes and it just he had to stop himself is it was it Felix Peña the, the starter last yeah, night yeah. he had to stop himself short of saying he said he's not that <laughs> we we should do better against him right so that's what ticks him off you know Zach Greinke comes in here and shoves it up their backside that it's like you know and, and they and he when i say that i mean he earns the victory and it's like okay you lost to a good pitcher right. when yeah. They chase pitches, and, and it's funny because I, the story I'm going to do um, for tomorrow's paper that I'll post online today is about their recipe uh, for offensive success. And you know what? There was a point a couple days ago where it was going to be written about this is why they're winning, right? <laughs> right well, right. the great thing about it is it works when they don't do it, <laughs> that story. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's like – Go ahead. No, this is, you know, this is what you do when you win, and this is what you don't do when you lose. Right. You, you know, chase it 40% of the pitches, and, and they don't even have to be really good pitches. Um, it just seems to be a real hard concept for these guys to, to grasp. And last night and the night before, we're just kind of, bah, games. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, funny, it's, it's funny to hear Andy say that about a pitcher. And all I could think about, and I just read this transcript the other day, and of course we can't play this on our, on our podcast, uh, but there was a, there's a famous Lasorda tape, one of, one of many, where they got beat one day. I think it was Scott Sanderson or somebody like that, some like soft tosser guy that, you know, was throwing garbage up there. And it's the famous, if, if people are familiar with it, where, he, where Lasorda talks about Garvey needed an oar to hit the ball and he would have made a great cricket player hitting the ball on one bleep and bounce. And it was just, and I think Kenny Landro was involved as well. Just one of those games where, you know, and I think Andy probably felt like that last night where you just uh-huh. can't believe that you lost to a guy who was pitching like that and that your guys were as bad as they were. And, you know, I guess fortunately yeah. or maybe unfortunately for us, uh, Andy did not give us a, a Lasorda tape for the ages <laughs> Uh, <laughs> last night, but that's that's all. And I, I doubt he ever of. will. But that was definitely right. as frustrated as I've seen him. So, yeah, he, uh, he, he could, it yeah. came across on on just the little clip that I saw that he was that he was not happy, and and I'm I'm sure one of the guys he wasn't happy with was Hosmer because uh, mm-hmm. he had a couple key strikeouts last night. I think one early and one late, and I, I it's still it's hard for me to believe as I looked at the numbers today and Hosmer's played exactly twice as many games as Austin Hedges but Austin Hedges has a higher OPS than Eric Hosmer and that's one of those things where if you'd said that at the start of the year you would have been like oh my god Austin Hedges just must be having an incredible season and you know he's been he's been good lately but you know his, his and if he could keep this up uh, an OPS of 743 which you know with an adjusted OPS of just over 100. If you could get that out of Austin Hedges for his career, that'd be fantastic. But the oh idea that, that Hosmer continues to to struggle, and, and, you know, he was almost the hero on Monday night. Uh, I mean, I, I thought the ball that he hit the left field had a great chance to go out, and, and Upton made the, uh, the, the catch over the wall, and then Hosmer did homer 
uh, in the tenth out to the beach and seemed like he was, you know. And I remember Andy even said something after the game, like it was good to see him hit those balls in the air. And then last night did did not look good again. So he's one of the guys that they have to be frustrated with. Will let's talk Will Myers at third base. I mean, I was out there Monday. It was hilarious. It was just hilarious watching the Angels uh-huh. just hit ball after ball after ball, and Myers fielded them all. Really well. He made one throw that was a little shaky, but fortunately Pujols was running. Uh, so <laughs> they, Villanueva was able to, to jump up, grab a sandwich, and come back down and, and still get... Uh, there was one like that last night as well. Uh-huh. And, and, still get the, and still get the out and save the air. I know he made one play last night. I was driving home, and, and he made a throw that wasn't very good, and Tony Gwynn did a great job explaining his body position and why it was a yep. a bad throw. But I, I don't think there was an error involved because the guy was going to beat it out anyway. But no, Myers is, the one thing Myers has not done this week is hit. Uh, but again, right, it's, and- three, it's three games coming off the DL. So, I mean, you're not going to get too worried about that. I do think it's very impressive. And we talked about Myers last week, how athletic this guy is. Yes. And we've, we've seen that the last three nights at third base. And what's his, what's, what's impressive to me, and not that you'd expect anything different, but, but you know, he's playing these games, right? And you know what? He's going to get in trouble with that throwing motion. He's going to, you know, he's, he's crazy athletic, but he needs to get himself in better position, uh, you know, before, the, during his footwork, uh, the, you know, he, he's got some, a lot to work on. That's the thing is, man, he is working. There's like two sessions a day that he does with Josh Johnson. Uh, the infield coach mm-hmm. and Trevor Hoffman and Andy Green. I mean, they are working to make this guy into a good third baseman. This is not like, hey, at this point, this is not, hey, we're putting him at third base so we can have Hunter Renfro and, and Fran Reyes play more. Right, this is, right. let's see if this works. No, and I, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. And they, they, you know, they, if they end up with an extra third baseman in the system, you know, stuff happens. You can always make a trade. But, you know, if he plays third and Tatis is at short, I mean, who knows how far away Potts is? I mean, that's probably a, a, a year at least, maybe two years away for someone like that. So who knows what's going to happen? And Myers will be making a lot more money uh, by that point. So uh, I, I think it's it's a good thing. And you can just tell that, you know, as you said, he's putting in the time. He's got the ability to do this. He's adjusted to positions before. And I, I think there's no reason to think that he can't be at least an adequate third baseman. I mean, I don't think anyone expects him to be Nolan Arenado here, but you know, as long as he doesn't butcher too many balls and he, and he plays adequate third base, then you can live with that. If he's, if, if he produces his usual offensive numbers. If he produces usual and, and maybe a little bit better, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned trade, and I want to get to Jacob Nix for sure. There's so much, actually, I want to talk about, but I want to get to Jacob Nix. But, you know, Will is going to be making that big bucks in a couple of years. <laughs> they need to make Will Myers work right. here in, in San Diego because I, I don't know that uh, it would take something creative to, to unload Will. Not that that's what I'm advocating. I'm just saying they, they – they need to make Will work here. No, you're right, because you would either have to eat some of the money or you would have to take or you would get almost nothing back because someone else is going to be paying the money. So I, I agree. Making Myers work is very important. And, and so far, it's, it's worked out for him. So anyway, go ahead. Let's, let's go with Jacob Nix here. Tell, introduce. Uh, Talking to Jacob Nix before his second start, which as we tape this on Thursday, will be tonight against the Diamondbacks. Jabe, you're about to make your second start. How will that be different than the first start? Uh, I mean, different team I'm facing, but uh, 
you know, I'm still going out there and I'm going to pitch my game and I'm going to, you know, get some outs. Why do you think that you were able to, you were able to pull that off? A lot of rookies making their debut. It's the thing you've been dreaming of your whole life. How were you able to pitch your game in your debut? A little bit of luck. Um, you know, it, every game you're going to have a little bit of luck that plays into it. But, uh, you know, just trying not to do too much and not, you know, lot, not letting the pressure and, you know, your environment and everything get to you. And I've been lucky enough to play here at Petco a few times during, you know, the last few years. So um, I think that that really, really helped prepare me for the moment. And, like, okay, I've been on this mound. Like, this backdrop's familiar. Like, I've seen the, this stuff before. I've been in this dugout. And I think that really helped. That's interesting because it's obviously something they try to do. They try to really put their between the various prospect games they have, and and so that's really uh, that's interesting. Do you think that the weight, you know, because there was a little bit of weight injuries, yeah. delayed two years. How did you grow during that time? Because you're one of the guys who went single A to double A, but the numbers weren't quite as good, and the time there wasn't as much as Lucchese Lauer. How did that help you? Um, you know, obviously like. A little bit of bad luck. Pitched like five games in Lancaster and my ten starts in high A or something. So nothing, you know, that's just a tough place to pitch and things just often don't fall your way. But um, in doubling, you know, I, I thought I threw well last year for the most part. I had one really bad game. But other than that, you know, I thought I was pretty good. And, you know, I just, I didn't read into it too much. I didn't read into the ERA as much. And, um I still just go out and try to pitch my game. You get your chance, uh, earn your way, a uh, big league camp invite, and you're injured, and you don't get a chance. There's frustration that comes out of that, but then you know some guys can respond to that and some guys don't. Here you are, obviously you responded to it. What has this season been like? It's been a roller coaster. Uh, you know, I was in AA for about two months. I had a little non-physical stint on the DL for about two weeks. And then I had kind of a bumpy start after that, my first one back, and then it was right back on track. And next thing I knew, I was in El Paso, and then short stop there, and then I'm here. So, uh, I mean, it was really cool. Hey, last thing, and I've, I've talked to all these guys, uh, Joey, Eric, Brett, uh, Trey Wingenter. Uh, you know, at some point maybe it'll be uh, Tatis and Urias, but you're the, the latest in this whole waves of talent, and you guys are all very aware of that. They didn't shy from telling you that, like, hey, yeah. we want you guys to succeed and be a part of a winning team. W- what does that mean to you, you know, to be part, like, the first wave? Um, you know, it's awesome, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of talent coming up under you, so that better light a little fire underneath you and make you want to, you know, it's, it's, it is a lot of fun competition, though. Like, especially, you know, when I was in San Antonio, we had me, Paddock, Quantrill, Logan Allen. It was, every day it was, you know, some sort of, like, all right, who's going to do, like, what today? Who's going to go out there and throw seven with eight punchies and one run or something? And it was like, all right, the next guy's got to try to, you know, almost, like, one-up or do as well. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. But at the same time, we were all helping each other. Like, I'd go out and I'd work with, with Paddock every day on his curveball. That's his project. And then, you know, I'd uh, here I've been working with – I worked with Craig Stammen yesterday on a slider. And, you know, everyone – at the end of the day, everyone wants to help each other be better. So you helped Stammen with this slider? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been throwing mine for four weeks, and he took some tips from me. So, Appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course.
All right, Jacob Nix, you know what? Um, got to know this kid a little bit in the spring, and it was like, all right, well, now he's hurt for a second year in a row. I wonder what it'll ever be. The Padres wondered, um, you know, if this was a chronic thing with his uh, his hip adductor, which is like a groin, I guess. Um, and here he is. And uh, I think maybe he's, he's better for it. And it, he may be, maybe, uh, as good as, as any of these young guys. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, obviously we've seen him for six innings, but it was it was impressive, and he's and he's 22 years old. I think we need to remember uh, we need to remember that as as we go forward. And if he if he gets batted, or I mean, he's going to get hit. He's going to get hit. He's not going to throw a shutout every game. And and uh, if it, if it's tonight or it's next week, I mean, I think you know next week his next start might come at Coors Field. Uh, you know, depending on how this six or eight or ten man rotation uh, works out, but. Uh, he sounds like a, a kid who has a good head on his shoulders, and you know he talked about the uh, the fact that he's pitched at Petco before, and and uh, so I, I like I said I, I I'm excited to see him pitch tonight, and and in the and and in the next few weeks as well to see uh, to see exactly what he's got, and if he's more you know if he's more along the lines of a of a Lucchese, you know than he is a Kennedy or a Lockett so far. So we'll. Uh, we'll right, and I look goes. the impressive part. You like you said, he's going to get rocked at some point because you know Greg Maddox did, uh, <laughs> and he's young and and he's not throwing you know a hundred, but he did what none of the other guys. I mean Trey Wingenter as a as a reliever, um, but none of the other four rookie starters were able to do in their debut, and that was just pitch. Right, he did not look. Yeah, he didn't look rattled or anything uh, when he was out there. The the cliche that it wasn't too big for him. Uh, I, I think that was that would apply to to him, and I, I wouldn't expect that part of it to be any different this evening. And uh, you know, it, when he f- has to face Goldschmidt with the bases loaded and one out or something like that, we'll see. You know, we'll see what's there. But I I, I am I am excited to see him uh, to see him tonight. Right on. All right, Jay. Uh, appreciate it as always. Appreciate everything you do, Jay. I feel like is it Boss's Day? Did I miss Boss's well, Day? Boy, I don't. I, I, I don't know what that. Boss's Day is, but I, I know it's me- <laughs> I know it's meeting day. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, Boss's. That's every day. Yeah, right. So we we have that. But I will uh, I will see you at the ballpark tonight, and then we will talk again. I guess not till next Tuesday with the uh, with the off day on. Woo-hoo. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. Hot Lava Podcast.